What a great presence of the Lord that we feel in this place. What great worship. Thankful for that. Thankful for the prayers that went up in this place last night. Amen. If you forgot, remember Saturday night from 6 until 8 o'clock is church prayer time every week. Come and spend some time here and uh, let's see what God will do. It's great to have the Stevenson tribe with us today. Amen. I didn't realize it had been almost, it's been almost two years. They were here in 15 when we were in the gym, but they haven't been back since then. That's our loss, not theirs, but we're glad they're here. I don't believe in coincidence, and I don't believe in accidents with God. I believe that God ordains, and I believe that we're where God wants us to be right now. Amen. I believe the Lord's going to help us. I believe this church is getting ready to move to another level. Amen. I don't know if you want to go there, but I do. If you want to go there, lift up your voice and let's call upon Him. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, a moment longer. Let's magnify the Lord together. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord likes that this morning. Oh, I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. Writer said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. See, when you bless Him from your emotions, then that changes with the winds of life. Because truth be told, there's been times where I didn't feel like worshiping God. I didn't feel like this was the best day ever. But when I look down deeper than my emotions... And I tap into who I really am. I know that God has been good to me. So it doesn't matter what life is like. God is still worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say revival. Oh, I feel a spirit of revival here. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing in your life. I see a lot of familiar faces. I see some new faces, which is a good thing. I get worried when I go to these churches and I'm I'm a repeat guest, and I'm the only repeat guest. Eh, Don't sit too well with me. We need to see some new faces, and I'm thankful that there are new people here. Turn with me, please. Book of Matthew, chapter number 7. Book of Acts, chapter number 2. I am delighted to give honor to your pastor and his wife, the leadership of this church. I'm delighted to be here. You know, I'm one of these guys that I I just kind of like facts, and I, I keep track of every sermon I preach, keep track of every, every uh, place I go keep track of every offering I get. I keep track of everything. And, and you know, the newspaper, they have those sections on this day, this happened, 
20 years ago, 10 years ago. Well, on this day, February 5th, 2012, I was in revival for the first time at Greater Life Church in Webster, Texas. I came on January 29, 2012, just beginning evangelizing, had three children, and y'all loved us, and y'all let us stay for a few weeks. I think we stayed six or seven weeks, and we have then, since then added another, another daughter to the tribe, and uh, we boost attendance by six everywhere we go. We have automatic increase, but uh, we, we so enjoy coming back to Webster. Um, for your consideration, my wife has started a clothing boutique, and it is set up at the gym. If you go over there, you can get the Holy Ghost this morning. You can get fed, and you can get an outfit. You can't do that everywhere you go. Gentlemen, the only thing I have is ties. If you want a necktie, go by and browse the necktie. This is one of them. I model them, and the people like them, I sell them to them. So go by and check it out. But uh, I believe the Lord wants to help us this morning. Matthew 7, verse number 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Turn with me now to Acts chapter number 2. Let's begin reading with verse number 37. Now when they heard this, They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. I want to preach this morning by the help of the Holy Ghost what the crowd can't do. What the crowd can't Would you lift your hands with me this morning? Let's ask the Lord to help us. Sweet Jesus, we pray for the Holy Ghost to minister in this place. Lord, only you know the hearts and the lives of people here. I pray the Spirit of Almighty God would begin to work in this place. Lord, that the Word of God would have free course and liberty. Oh, sweet friend, let us have an open heart to hear and to receive and to step out and obey what God would have For us in this place, we thank you for what you're going to do. And everybody claps their hands unto the Lord and gives God praise. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. What the crowd can't do. The life of Jesus is amazing and astounding. In fact, human minds cannot comprehend the life of Jesus Christ. It's impossible for our finite minds to to grasp the magnitude of who he was and what he accomplished on this earth. We can read many powerful works such as 
blinded eyes being open or the deaf ears being unstopped or the lame man that was leaping, the dead raised, 5,000 fed, etc., etc. But keep in mind that what we read in the Gospels was not the totality of who Jesus was or what Jesus did. Rather, it was a small glimpse into the life of the Messiah. John said this, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Jesus changed lives. Jesus altered destinies. Jesus gave hope. And because of his willingness to display his power, crowds began to form. Multitudes began to follow. If you read the gospel, you will often find the word press or the word multitude. But what they're really saying was there was a crowd that began to form around Jesus. But Jesus was not interested in the crowd. He understood and knew that the very crowd that was flocking to him would also be the same crowd that would turn on him and bring him to Calvary. He didn't gain to come popular to gain popularity. He didn't come to to wow the masses. But John tells us in 1 John 3 and 8 the reason Jesus came to this earth for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He didn't come to preach pretty sermons. He didn't come to gain notoriety. He came for one reason, that the bound could be set free, that the hopeless could have hope, that those that walk in darkness could now have light in their life. This purpose that drove Jesus. It would lead to the establishment of the church. But keep in mind today that the church is not a crowd. The church, I'm not talking just specifically about this building and and this congregation, but rather I'm talking about the church that Jesus established. The church is a collection of individuals that had a personal encounter with God that changed their lives. I'm talking about people from all walks of life, people from various backgrounds and social status and upbringing, people that had a lot of baggage and things that you weren't proud of. But somewhere throughout the course of life, you got the revelation of who Jesus is. Is and you understand that there's power in the blood of Jesus that can still wash away all of your sins, it can still turn a sinner into a saint, it can still change your life. Hey, friend, where would we be without the blood of Jesus Christ? See, you can't fix your own problems. You can't turn your own life around. You say, well, I'm strong-willed. Friend, you can change your behavior, but you can't change your heart. 
There's a lot of moral people. There's a lot of people that will themselves to do good and to make right decisions and to live a, an upstanding life. And I applaud them and I commend them. But the one element that they cannot change is that they were born into sin and they were shaped in iniquity. And you can give all your money away. You can make all the right decisions in life. You can do everything on the up and up. But what you can't do is bathe your own black heart in crimson red blood and make it whiter than snow. Only Jesus can do that. I heard a story last year, and maybe you've heard it, but it was, it was new to me, so I'll, I'll share it with you. There was a preacher telling the story of getting called to a hospital to pray for a man who was taking chemotherapy treatments. And this gentleman uh, was, as custom, had a port put in for for the chemo. And the doctor told him, said, look, as long as you're taking these treatments, because they can last hours, he said, said, you can get up and you can move around, you can get you something to drink, you can do whatever you want to do, but just make sure you don't pull the tube out the port. Because if that tube gets disconnected, then the chemo uh, treatment will start to spill all over your body, and that's a bad thing. So one day, unfortunately, he was moving around, and he tugged and, and, and caught that tube, and that it came off, and chemo started spilling all over his body. So nurses start rushing in. The doctor comes in, and this is a big deal. And so this, this gentleman, with all sincerity, not understanding why everybody's going crazy, he asked the doctor, he said, Doctor, I've got a question for you. I don't understand. He said, what, you, what, what don't you understand? He said, you're putting this stuff in me. But if it gets on me, you, I can't have it. You're, you're, you're wigging out. You're cleaning it up. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. He said, why is it okay to put in me but not on me? And the doctor, this is what he said. He said, because the blood can handle what the flesh can't. Oh, my friend, you need to hear me this morning. It's not by works of righteousness which you can do. You can't be good enough. Your flesh can't handle it. But let me remind you about the blood of Jesus. You can walk out of here today wider than snow. Because the blood can do. What do you can't do? Bible says in Colossians 2.10, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete. You are made whole. You are restored. You see, Jesus didn't come to draw a crowd. He came to restore what was broken in the garden. He came to mend what was broken. What, what happened in the garden? There was a separation between God and man. The communication was ripped. And so Jesus came to restore. I've come to have a personal relationship with humanity. I've come to have an encounter with one individual at a time. As they get the revelation of who I am, then they can experience what I have. That's why Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to steal your hope. 
He wants to kill your dreams and he wants to destroy your future. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I've come that they can experience that that realm of intimacy with God. That relationship, one man or one woman with God. To further emphasize how personal Jesus was. One need only to look at the disciples. Jesus did not make a mass appeal. But rather he went to them individually and said, follow me. Personal. Jesus desires relationship, not religion. Religion is tainted by the thumbprint of humanity. And I'm not knocking the United Pentecostal Church. I believe it's a great organization. But believe me that we're not going to be judged by whether we're UPC or not when we get to heaven. We're going to be judged by our relationship with the Master. If your, if your relationship is a Sunday, Wednesday, then you're mistaken religion and relationship. God wants relationship every single day. Perhaps none was more appreciative of that relationship than Peter. Peter knew the heights of victory, but Peter also understood the lows of seeming defeat. Yet Peter experienced the promise of God on the day of Pentecost when people were all in that upper room and God poured out the Spirit of God. That was that promise. That was that relationship being restored. And it confounded the masses around. And they said, what meaneth this? And Peter, speaking up, began to preach a message in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. And after preaching that message, Peter, they asked him, Peter, what shall we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And with many other words that he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Evidently, there were thousands in attendance. Why, Peter, did you not make a public mass appeal to everyone? Because Peter understood that there's some things the crowd can't do. There are some things that only you can do. See, the first thing is the crowd can't lead you in the right direction. Book of Exodus, God told Moses, he said, I've got a place I'm wanting to bring my people. It's already prepared. It's already established. It's a dimension I desire for you to dwell in. But Moses, there's one thing that you've got to tell the people. Moses, you tell them, follow the cloud, not the crowd. You see, we got this messed up uh, picture in our mind that the, the exodus of Israel leaving Egypt was like play and follow the leader. Where Moses is in a straight line and everybody's just walking happy-go-lucky. But we're talking millions of people, most of which never laid eyes on Moses. Most of which never even saw millions of people and never laid eyes on Moses. God understood the fabric 
and the DNA of the carnal man. And he realized, if I just get a bunch of people in a crowd, they're going to start talking. And they're going to influence each other. So I got to tell them, follow the cloud. Don't follow the crowd. Follow the fire. Don't follow the liar. Because if you follow the crowd, they will never lead you in the right direction. Now, I'm not an old man by no means. I just turned 33 years old. But I have lived a little while and have figured out how people are. And let me tell you, regardless of what color their skin is, regardless of what language they speak, or regardless of what continent that they are, their feet stand on, and regardless of whether or not they're in the church or out of the church, people are people. That's how it is. If they was, if they was hard to live with before the Holy Ghost, they're probably still going to be hard to live with after the Holy Ghost. And I can, just, I can, I can, I can envision these children of Israel when God is trying to transition them from one dimension to the next. And they can't, the Moses is nowhere for them to see with their eyes. Here, here's probably how it went. This just don't look right to me. I just don't know about this. I just don't know if this is the right, if we're going the right way. This don't, what do you think about it, Nancy? Oh, negative Nancy spoke up. Well, I think you're right. I think, it, I think you're right. I, I know how people are. And they'll start talking amongst each other and start to influence each other. But if you want to get where God wants you to be, you can't follow the crowd. You follow the cloud. Peer pressure is a real thing. And I have watched people in services. I have preached services where I knew I was preaching to one person out of that whole congregation. I, I knew just as soon as I walk in, there's times I walk in the back door and I look across the congregation and everything looks dark, dark and there's a spotlight on one person. And I know I'm preaching to that one person. And I've also watched that one person watch other people and allow what others do to dictate what they do. They allow the pressure from other people to dictate their response to God. And they miss out on what God is wanting to do in their life. Let me just tell you this. There's an old Latin proverb or Latin saying that says, Vox populi, vox dii, which says the voice of the people is the voice of God. My friend, the voice of the people is not the voice of God. It's the voice of opposition. You know when God is tugging at your heart. You know when God is reading your mail. And you can't let what other people do dictate how you respond to God. Honey, there's not a person alive or dead worth me missing out on what God is going to do in my life. I made up my mind when I was a teenager. I'm going to the altar every time. I don't care if he preaches on on tithing. I'm going. Well, some of us need to go to the altar on tithing. But I'm going to the altar every time. 
time. Why? Because this is where the transaction takes place. This is where the change is made in your life. Is at an altar. It's at an altar. You see, there, there, I read a story recently about a science experiment where the scientist was going to test the power of peer pressure. And he took, I want to say, 10 people or 12 people, I can't remember, and, and, and he brought them into a room one at a time. He wanted to try an experiment. And out of these 10 or 12 people, they were put with a panel. One at a time, they were put with a panel of individuals. And this, here, was, here was the test. There was four pieces of rope, two of which were the same size pieces of rope. And the other two were uneven. And the panel, all the people on the panel were instructed beforehand to pick the wrong pieces of rope and say, that they were the ones that were equal length. And the one person that they were going to plant in the panel wasn't in on the whole experiment. And they were going to see if he would pick, he or she would pick what they knew was right or whether or not they'd blend in with everybody else so as not to feel left out. And the numbers were astounding. Some 30 or 40% of the people chose the wrong answer, knowing it was wrong because they would rather have the approval of the people than do what they knew was right. And you say, how could they do that? Well, let me ask you this. How can you sit through a service knowing that God is trying to get you to make a move in your own life, but you would rather sit and blend in with everybody else instead of step out and say, God, I want you to be God of everything in my life. Jesus said unto ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be. That sounds like a crowd to me. The crowd is going in the broad way. You see, if you want to make it to heaven, you can't worry what people think about you. In fact, the Bible says this, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. If you want to be like Jesus, the first thing you've got to do is make yourself of no reputation. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I'd rather have the approval of God than the applause of men. I'd rather know when I lay my head down at night that I'm walking with Jesus. I don't care what you think about me. I want to have a relationship with God. Secondly, the crowd can't stop Jesus from knowing right where you're at. I'm reminded of a story when Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Jesus, Zacchaeus was a short little man. He was a tax collector. Nobody liked tax collectors. We still don't like tax collectors. It's a reputation that nobody wants. And there were so many people that Zacchaeus couldn't even get to where Jesus was at. So he said, I'm just going to climb up here in this sycamore tree. All of these people that hear Jesus making his way through the crowd. 
But the crowd couldn't stop Jesus from knowing right where he was at. And Jesus looked at him and said, Zacchaeus, which Jesus called him by his name. When he said his name, he addressed his reputation. He addressed his past. He addressed the things that he wasn't proud of by calling his name. See, Jesus knows your past, but his past doesn't stop you, doesn't stop him from calling your name. He knows right where you're at. Have you ever been in a group of people and think that there's no way God knows where I'm at? There's no way God knows what I'm facing. There's, there's no way. See, we judge God's intellect or God's capacity of knowing with our capacity of knowing. But God is not equivalent with man. God's higher than man. He knew your end before you knew your beginning. He knows He knows your tomorrow before you knew to your today. He's already been the other side of your problem before you step foot in your problem. God knows right where you're at even when you don't know where you're going. He knows right where you're at. And the crowd cannot stop Jesus from knowing where you are at. You may come in this morning and think, there's, there's, I've been praying and praying and praying, and it feels like the ceiling is, is metal and the walls are brass and iron, and my prayers are, are coming. Maybe you've never been there, but I have been there before. In fact, God reminded me recently, I was, it was the week before Christmas, I was praying on a Monday. And I'm praying about some situations and, and, and things that I just didn't feel like I was making any traction. You ever been there before? You just didn't feel like you was the, the wheels weren't grabbing, but you're doing it out of discipline. And I was praying and praying and praying, and, 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 and I, I didn't know what else to pray. And so got up from prayer a couple of days later, the week before Christmas. Got a call driving down the road from a lady in the church in Westlake. Hadn't seen her in a long time. She called me and she said, Brother Tyler, I, I've got to tell you something. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I was praying a couple nights ago, which was about when I was praying. And she said, I began to pray for you and your family. And I didn't know what to pray. I thought, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> but she said, so this is what I did. I said, Lord, I don't know what to pray. But whatever he's been praying about, I'm going to step into agreement with him. And I'm just going to agree and pray that you will honor what he's been praying. And she said, Brother Tyler, when I said that, the Lord put me in a deep travail at intercession. And she said, I, I don't know how long it was, she said, but it was so intense that I was just travailing and interceding. And when I came out of it, she said, the Lord told me to call you and tell you that what you've been praying about is already done in the spirit world. Oh, my friend, you've come too late to tell me God doesn't know where you're at. You need to realize that even though I may be walking through the darkness blind, God still has a light shining through the darkness on my soul. God knows where you're at. God knows. God knows. 
God knows. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You hear me? God knows where you're at. You don't have to come to church anymore and think I'm wasting my time. You don't have to come to church anymore and think what's the use. Uh, Honey, but you hear the word of the Lord today uh, that God has you on his radar. Stand with me all over the building right now. I want somebody to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost with me. I want somebody to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, all over the building, all over the building, all over the building. All over the building. I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. There's some things the crowd can't do. The crowd can't get you to where you need to be. Come on, eyes closed all over the building. I want you to begin to pray. I'm asking you, church, to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm talking to some people right now that you need a breakthrough. You need a touch of God. The crowd isn't going to do it for you. Come on, all over the building, I want you to begin to pray.